Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We can go to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew 16, verse 18. Amen. And I say unto thee, Jesus is speaking, that thou art Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church, the identity of who Jesus is. He is God manifested in the flesh. That's what Peter confessed. Upon that rock will I build my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Given uh, this power and this authority it was given to not just the apostles that day, but also to the church that Jesus said he would build and is building. Aren't you thankful to be a part of the church today? Amen. Greet a few people as you're seated today. Amen. Last night we, or last week, we started talking about the church, Jesus building the church, and, and us being the church, and uh, taking a, a glimpse at the early church and some things, uh, some key characteristics about the early church, and making sure that we, uh, we agree with that and we align ourselves with that because we know that there is only one church that Jesus is building. Amen. And so we have the blueprints in Scripture uh, of how they were, what what things that they did or did not do. And so uh, the doctrine and, and teachings that they uh, preached and taught. Uh, and so everything is uh, laid out there in Scripture for us to uh, uh, organize ourselves and to adhere to, to live by. Uh, and it's not just... Um, a, a gathering of people, but we know that there is power, there's a demonstration, there's the Spirit of God, amen, here and in us as He works through us, uh, because we, we know that uh, the church is, is more than a denomination, as we talked about, it's far beyond any, any kind of, of man-made organization. Uh, it has no walls, it has no limits, because Jesus uh, said to go out into all the world and preach the gospel, uh, baptizing them, teaching them. And so uh, the ends of the world are the ends of the church. And uh, it is ever far-reaching, and it cannot be contained by any kind of organization or cannot even be contained by a country or stopped by uh, a country or, uh, or a, a force uh, not even the gates of hell, Jesus says, will prevail against it. Uh, and even a, uh, you know, a, a communist dictator uh, country such as China who, that makes the Bible and, and all the, those uh, other religions uh, illegal, even that cannot stop the church because we know of and we have reports of uh, an apostolic truth uh, preaching church in China and uh, and, and all across the world, and so uh, the church is so much greater than that, and so uh, it, it would uh, behoove us to, to try to contain it somehow in some of our uh, uh, a box uh, that we, we may construct in our minds, 
uh, because we know that it, the church is the centerpiece uh, of God's plan here and now. And um, while we are here, we have a purpose and a plan to do and accomplish. Uh, and we want to make sure that we are doing that, aligning ourselves with uh, the Scripture. And we, we know how important the church is, is because the Bible tells us uh, that the church uh, is uh, something, the, really the only thing that Jesus purchased with his blood that he shed on Calvary. Uh, and so just how precious we are uh, in the sight of God that we are the thing, uh, the one thing that he purchased uh, with his blood. And we know that it goes beyond uh, just this building here that we assemble with in and gather together, uh, but that we are, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, once we receive God's Spirit, uh, we become the church individually as a person, uh, the tabernacle, the temple, uh, housing this precious spirit and uh, this treasure in earthen vessels, as Paul writes, uh, we're just mere flesh and bones, uh, but we, we have something greater on the inside that the end, that this world cannot take away, uh, and we keep it inside as we had preached on Sunday, the source. Uh, uh, it's on the inside. It's internally. Amen. That means external factors uh, cannot take it away or influence it because it comes from uh, the inside. Uh, and so tonight we're going to continue in looking... Uh, at the church um, and uh, looking at the early church and, and want to identify with them and uh, follow after them. Uh, we talked about how uh, Jesus, his ministry was about doing and teaching, um, uh, performing miracles and, and signs and, and through the demonstration of the Spirit, uh, but also he taught, taught them doctrine and scripture and, and understanding what he was doing. Um, and we talked about that, how uh, some churches can be just out of balance where they focus too much on one side, but uh, an apostolic church is balanced with the spirit and in truth as a true worshiper um, and in teaching in the apostolic doctrine and also the, the moving of the spirit of God. It, there's nothing like the apostolic church. I mean, all these other churches can put on a show or performance, but there's nothing like it when the Spirit of God comes in and takes over and, and fills our life and our heart, and, and, and you cannot replace that, you cannot mimic that, you cannot manufacture that, amen, and, and God does that purposely uh, to identify, to set apart what the true church is, and I'm thankful to be a part of that, amen, and uh, one thing that we know uh, about the church, uh, that it is uh, united, uh, and Paul addresses this many times, uh, to be united, to be in unity uh, with one another. Um, and he begins in, in Ephesians, um, almost in every book it seems, he kind of addresses the, the principle of unity um, as the body of Christ. Ephesians, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called, with all lowliness and meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. For there is one body, one Spirit, even as you are called, and one hope of your calling, 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all. And so he goes on, <coughs> excuse me, he goes on uh, to uh, reiterate again how there's just one, uh, one spirit, one God, one faith, one baptism. And so, obviously, there is one church if there is one spirit. Uh, and so, uh, as a member of the church, we are to make sure that we are endeavoring, uh, as Paul did, to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. <coughs> I'm going to try to teach with a cough drop in my mouth because my throat just started getting itchy. And it was getting itchy earlier today. I was in Bible doing a Bible study and just couldn't couldn't keep. It. I was trying to gurgling hot coffee just to get it to go. I didn't have any water, so it was rough. So pray for me that my throat uh, goes away. Uh, and if I choke on this, uh, then I deserve every bit of it, right? <clears throat> Amen. So endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. Uh, as Paul said, that uh, was he was trying to do, but we also should be doing that as well, doing everything that we can individually uh, to keep the unity of the Spirit as much as we can. Amen. We can't be judged and responsible, held responsible for other people's actions, uh, what they do or what they say, but we are responsible for how we respond and how we react to those actions. Whether they're good or bad, it doesn't matter uh, what comes our way. Uh, we are held accountable for what comes out of us. Uh, and so endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, uh, sometimes that may be burdensome. Uh, and, you know, we, uh, we all have to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. We all have to bear burdens and uh, we all will have to suffer some way or whatever, but if we are doing our best to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, uh, then we are doing our part as best that we can, and God's going to honor that. God's going to bless us for that. Uh, and it, it, the easy route is just to give in to what is what is being thrown at us and just to respond how we, we, we really want to respond. Uh, that's the easy thing. The hard thing is to restrain it. To restrain our words and to restrain our our reaction, uh, holding our tongue if if it comes to that, obviously, uh, because uh, uh, that's obviously just a natural uh, response is just to respond like that. But holding our tongue and, and thinking before we act, uh, that's what uh, is uh, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit, even though. Uh, if we're labeled wrong or made fun of or whatever it is, I mean, if we're doing our part to keep the unity of the Spirit, uh, then we, we're, our hands are clean, right? But as soon as we let go, man, our hands get dirty. And it, uh, we can do a lot of damage. Even if the other person is doing damage, it doesn't mean invite us to do damage. Um, better to, uh, Jesus said, turn the other cheek uh, and, uh, you know, keep the unity of the Spirit. Uh, and so hopefully that uh, we don't have to fight too much with that in the church. We really shouldn't have to, but we're still, we're still humans. 
uh, our emotions can still get in the way, uh, not self-controlled, all, all kinds of things. Um, and so I hope it is few and far between uh, where we have to uh, hold our tongue or, or respond uh, in such manner, but whatever the case is, uh, we need to align with Paul and his teachings to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. Because in, in Ephesians 2 and 19, he says, Now therefore, uh, ye are no more strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints in the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, being the chief cornerstone. And so, we are all on the same foundation, just like this church, this physical building here is on one foundation, uh, and there's just one building here. Um, it, would, uh, it would take some engineering if there was many uh, foundations uh, spread out here uh, underneath this building. Um, it, it could be more shaky and uh, obviously wouldn't pass uh, codes and all these things. There has to be one solid foundation and Paul says that we are all built upon that. And so we're all here on the same slab of concrete, uh, the same rock. And, and, and so if we are here, then we, uh, we are called to be here and we answered the call. Uh, and so God has a purpose and a plan for us. Jesus being the chief cornerstone implies there's one building as there's only one cornerstone, one chief cornerstone per building. And so he's not building multiple buildings, but he's only one building. Uh, and so if we want to be a part of God's plan, if we want to be in God's building, then we need to make sure that we are on the right building site and we are standing on the right foundation. And we know that is the, the apostles' doctrine. Uh, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. And uh, that's our the response, the biblical response uh, to the gospel that we are to obey, amen, and that gets us uh, born again into this body uh, uh, that God is building into the church, and so, and one build, one building is being built, one church is being built, so we want to be a part of it, and so we need to find our place uh, and our position on the foundation, uh, where specifically exactly uh, are we supposed to be? Uh, because God has called us all here, and we are uh, He is building the church, and so He has a place for every single one of us. And so if, 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 if somebody is not in the right place, uh, it can th throw things off and make things uncomfortable. Uh, uh, because if you think about it, if you uh, have to uh, build a, this building by laying block, um, if one of the blocks is off, uh, it, it can mess up the whole structure. Uh, it can be a, a weak point uh, in the whole entire building. And so we have to make sure that we are in the right place. First Peter 2 and 5, uh, uh, he's talking about ye are, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And so we are lively stones that God is using to build his church here in this local assembly, but also uh, on the grand scheme of things, worldwide, God is constructing the church uh, throughout the world. And so uh, we got to make sure that we are uh, just, we allow God to place us where he wants us to be. Uh, and so we can easily 
uh, fight and argue and twist arms or break arms to get where we want to go, but that does, does that necessarily mean that's where God wants us to be? Because if we uh, try to fill shoes that uh, God has not called us to, uh, maybe try to fill somebody else's shoes, and we're throwing things off and out of balance, and we will make sure that we are fitly framed together, as Paul says in Ephesians 2, uh, in whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. And so we're all growing up together, uh, being built together. We have our place uh, in the body, in the construction of it all. And we got to be happy where we're at uh, and take joy where we're at because this is where God has called me. And I'm going to do my very best uh, in this role, in this position, uh, to make sure that I bring God glory in all my actions and everything that I do. Also endeavoring to keep the unity of the peace uh, through the rest of the body. Uh, and so we may be together uh, in body, but are we really fitly framed together? Uh, using Paul's words, uh, fitly framed together. We may be um, in unity uh, because we are all here tonight. Uh, or we may, we may be all gathered in one place, um, but that doesn't automatically mean that we are in one mind and one accord. We could all be here uh, and all just kind of doing our own thing, even though we're still at the same place, standing on the same foundation. If we're all just wandering around doing our own thing, we're not really in, in one mind and one accord uh, because there's many accords going on. Uh, and so that, again... Uh, falls back on uh, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. If we all surrender ourselves, our will, our desires, our plans, our thoughts, our feelings, when we surrender all of those things, surrender to the Spirit, uh, the Spirit then puts everything in place, puts all the pieces together where the Spirit wants to do that, and then everything is in one accord in one place and fitly framed together, uh, and so then God can do what He wants to do. And so um, that's the importance of not just being together, but also being in one mind and one accord, working for the same purpose. And uh, we all, we would all confess that we all want God's will uh, to be done, uh, but that is so much easier said than done because it requires commitment, requires sacrifice on our part uh, to live up to those words. Amen. And so... Uh, there, um, there can be unity, there can be union uh, without unity. If, uh, if you tie two cats together by their tails and put them on a clothesline, they're in union together, but they're not going to be in unity. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, we can all be here in the same place, but uh, more than that, we got to make sure that we're endeavoring to make sure we're uh, fitly framed and uh, in one mind and one accord. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, where uh, a piano is. If it's, uh, if it's accurately tuned, every piano in the world is all tuned to the same tune. The, the, the note of A uh, sounds, uh, note, key, whatever, I don't know. I'm not musically inclined, but uh, play the key of A or whatever. 
um, on one piano, and you can play the same key on the other side of the world. If it's tuned to the right tuning fork, they're going to sound the same. And there's many churches all across the world and uh, many members of every single church, but if we are all surrendered and submitted to the Spirit of God, everything is going to work and everything is going to sound perfectly and beautiful uh, because everything uh, is working by uh, the builder and creator, Jesus Christ, and working through his spirit to make sure everything is in lockstep. Uh, And so Paul associates the unity and harmony of the church to something we can easily relate to, uh, that is our own body. And this is obviously nothing new. Uh, Ephesians 4.16, from uh, whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Aren't you thankful that your body works together as one? I mean, we don't even uh, give it a second thought, uh, but our body just function as, as one unit, one being, uh, and everything is surrendered and submitted to, to, the, to the body as, as a whole. And uh, we, uh, as, as well as we move, or as well as, as we used to move, uh, uh, that's uh, a well-oiled machine, that, uh, a body that is created uh, to work in unison together. Uh, how no, no single part is really greater than the other, but they all just kind of work together. Uh, the church body is to be fitly joined together like a, a ball joint and a socket and, and like our members in our, uh, our own body. Um, and, and so uh, I know we've talked about finding our place in the body. And um, we may not know exactly if we're going to tie it to our physical body. Uh, we may not know exactly what uh, body part that we are. Uh, but we just have to make sure that we are working, again, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Um, uh, just because uh, I'm the pastor it doesn't mean uh, I'm the head of the body because Jesus is the head of the body. And so nobody's the head. I'm not the head of the body. Uh, Jesus is the head of the body. And, man, I could be, I could be the pinky toe in all of this. I don't know. Uh, but if I'm the pinky toe i got to do my best to work with that, the toe next to me, you know, that we work in unison and we walk together and that we, you know, that we're, we're there together. Uh, it's not me to uh, say, well, I want to be this part or I want to do this or that. or No, it's, not, it's me submitting to the body of Christ, to the, to the spirit of God and say, God, use me however you want me to use me. Uh, place me wherever you want me to, to be. Whatever helps edify the body and helps the body work together, um, uh, that's where I want to be and I want to work uh, and do my best. We, we don't give our, our pinky toe a, a, a second thought throughout the day. Uh, we, we may not even realize how valuable it is, but you hit that on the bed frame and you're reminded of how important that little thing is. Uh, and it, you feel the pain through your whole body. Even in your hand, your hand is feeling the pain from your little pinky toe. That's how connected our bodies are. And, and, and Paul, in his other books, talks about when one member suffers, we should all suffer. That's talking about a connected body, a connected church, how we're all together 
working together and we can feel other, other members' pain. That doesn't mean they're, they're worse off than us so that we're better than them because uh, we're not uh, experiencing pain. But we should be able to feel the pain of somebody else and be there to encourage them and comfort them and strengthen them because you never know how long it's going to be until you hit something and then <coughs> you're full of pain. <coughs> you never know when your throat's just going to act up. And then, you know, so you got to work together. Uh, he goes on to say, 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Again, he's using these words, joined together, fitly framed together. I mean, all throughout his epistles, He's talking about that. Peter addresses it as well. Um, and, and so we all know how uh, something uh, that is just doesn't fit, uh, how much that can, how much pain that can cause, and how it affects the unity of, of the body. And, and so uh, we need to make sure that we are doing our part uh, as uh, whatever member that we are. And, and it's, it's really kind of, um, uh, uh, I don't say a waste of time, but to try to figure out what part we're at in the body, we just got to say, God, I'm, I'm here. I want to follow your spirit, and whatever that is, um, that's where I want to be. And, and so, uh, God has given us giftings and talents and abilities and, and gifts of the spirit, obviously, all for one purpose, and that is to edify the church. And so, we just got to make sure that we are uh, doing our part. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, that there should be no schism in the body, uh, but that uh, the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one, one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Uh, and so we will know uh, how close we are uh, together when we feel other people's pain. Other members in the church, we feel their pain. Uh, that means we're we're close and we're we're unit united together, uh, and it it should it cause us to to seek uh, prayer and to comfort them any way that we can, uh, because uh, uh, when you when you when you hit your pinky toe on the the bed frame, you your hands grab it and you just squeeze it and you nurse it. I mean every every part of your body, everything stops and you focus on helping that member out. Uh, and so, uh, no difference between us. We should make sure that we are connected to the body. And if you hear about uh, somebody going through something, obviously, uh, it should affect us. Because especially in this local assembly, anybody, anything, any hardship that somebody's going through, it, it should it should affect us. I know uh, the pearls are suffering because of their friend loss. I mean that we should we should uh, you know that should affect us. Uh, some some way at least we're gonna pray for them and that God would uh, touch them and console them and comfort them uh, and and so any needs that go around uh, they all affect us because of the same body man it it impacts us as well uh, and so um, we really have uh, no no choice in the matter. Uh, as to where our place in the kingdom is, because uh, we surrendered our 
our opinions and our desires to say, God, put me wherever you want me to, wherever you want me to be, whatever you want me to do, I want to make sure that I'm doing that. He puts us in the exact spot that he wants us to be in. And it's our responsibility to grow and to learn and to join with the people that have been placed on either side of us. Now, we may, we may think and hope and wish uh, that the people next to us are our friends, our close friends, that the ones that we get along closest with. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe God doesn't place us in the body like that because then the, the body would clump up, uh, you know, the, uh, as, as their, you know, cliques and groups form. Uh, they, uh, a, a, bad, a bad formation is that they only care about themselves or their, their close friends. And obviously the whole body cannot work properly if that's the way it is. Uh, and so I have, re- I think that the people next to us in this, in a physical body of the church are probably not our besties, probably not our best friends and our closest friends, but somebody that, uh, that's on the other side of the church or somebody that doesn't sit next to us, that, uh, that we're all, God will put us next to them so that we can work on our relationship and make sure that we are growing uh, with them. And the truth of the matter is, it doesn't matter where we are in the body, we should be able to get along with everybody, right? If there's, if there's people in the church that you cannot stand to be around with, there's a problem. We don't know what's, it doesn't really matter what side of the problem it, it becomes on. If we are all endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, uh, there we should be able to get along with everybody. Uh, and so... Uh, if if there are, is uh, uh, discomfort or uh, bad feelings uh, between uh, members in the church in here, uh, that that shouldn't be because how how does that how does that work? We know that's going to affect the um, body as a whole. Even if it's only two members, uh, it affects the whole body. And so, you know, we all have our differences, and you know, it doesn't mean we uh, we 100 percent agree on every single thing. Uh, but on on core doctrine and principles and and way uh, of the church standards and all these things we can agree on. But we all we're all different personalities and different people, and we may you know bump it heads at times. But uh, we should all still be able to get along with one another, uh, because if we haven't, then then there's there's an issue that needs to be fixed that we should fix before God fixes it, right? Because if God fixes it, it, it may end up worse, whatever, whatever the situation is. Obviously, just broad speaking uh, that out. Uh, but uh, uh, my job, your job, is to be in one mind and one accord with everyone around us. Uh, and that is uh, the best that we can do for the body of Christ. Uh, he says in Romans, Paul says in Romans, 12 and 16, be of the same mind one towards another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in our own conceits. And so don't think of ourselves highly, more highly than we ought to think. Uh, People may walk around thinking they're the head of the body. Well, they're not. Uh, There's a reason Jesus said I'm the head because he knew people would be fighting to be the head, right? Uh, And so he went and took that out of the situation. So we're all neck down. And uh, the head's the most important. And so, uh, obviously, we, we just got to make sure that we're doing our part wherever God has placed us in this body. Uh, and so, 
um, we, we, we got to uh, make sure that we are uh, doing our part. 2 Corinthians 12, uh, he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure, uh, again, how he had just, uh, how he had mentioned in Romans, uh, mind not high things, condes condescend to men of low estates, be not wise in your own conceits. Uh, and so here in Corinthians, he says, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made uh, perfect in weakness. And so not only did, did Paul tell the Romans, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, he confesses here to the Corinthians, like, hey, uh, because of what God has showed me and revealed to me, I can easily get puffed up and begin to think of myself more highly than I ought to think. And so uh, in order to prevent that from happening, God sent something, uh, a messenger of Satan, a thorn in the flesh, uh, to to be, always be there to nag me whatever it was, uh, but Paul was it, it bothered Paul so much that he asked God three times to remove this from him, and God just says, "Don't worry about it, Paul. There's a reason that's there it's to keep you humble, to keep you from getting puffed up, and keep you thinking that you're 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 some special member of the body that is greater than any other person." And no, uh, only the head would be the they're the greatest, and so you're not the head. And so, even though you've had a great ministry, uh, you've been you've taken to the th been taken to the third heaven. You've seen things that no man has ever seen before, um, and uh, there's reason you've seen that, and the reason you're so your ministry is so anointed. But to keep you humble, I gotta I gotta put something in your side uh, that keeps you keeps you humble, keeps you praying, and and keeps you uh, and. It's what you need to be, uh, and so that that's that's how we should identify as well. That God, uh, you know, whatever you need to do to me, uh, make sure you keep me humble, God. Uh, that's one of my prayers. God, keep me humble. Uh, you know, I don't want to get puffed up, and it, it can easily happen through just the nature of man and knowledge and wisdom. You can puff up, and we can. Uh, you know, get off the wrong course, but God, keep me humble, whatever it takes. Uh, being humble is one of the greatest things you can be, right? Uh, and so if it takes a, a messenger of Satan, if it takes a thorn in the flesh, if it takes something uh, to always be there uh, that keeps me praying, keeps me close to God, that's we, sh we should be thankful for that, amen, so that we can be continue to be a part of the body and of the church that God is building, because if we can't get along, if we can't uh, keep the peace, if we can't do all these things, if God's trying to push us in this place, and if we keep nudging moving ourselves out and making a mess of things, if we can't be in a part of the body uh, uh, of the building that God is trying to build, then he'll just take the stone and say, oh, well, this ain't working out. So uh, I'll, I'll get another stone and place it in there. 
we got to remember that we're, we're not uh, irreplaceable. God can replace us in a second. He can have somebody, a sinner, come through the door, pray through, amen, and come and sit in your seat and take over whatever, uh, whatever spot or position that uh, we thought that no one else can take from me. Uh, as soon as we, we start thinking like that, uh, we start getting puffed up, and uh, we're all replaceable. None of us should even be here. We should be grateful and thankful that we have an opportunity to come here and to be a part of what God is doing. And so who am I to, 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 to make a mess of things or to cause discord or disunity among us? Uh, uh, God can easily just, boop, take us out and say, well, I'll just, I'll just build, bring somebody else in. Uh, and so that should, that should keep us humble as well, knowing that we are uh, replaceable. God can easily just replace us in a matter of moment. And he can snap his fingers. Amen. Our life can come uh, disappear out of our lungs, and that's it. How 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 quick was that? You know. Uh, so we got to keep ourselves humble, uh, submitted to God's plan and His will, uh, so that uh, we are doing what God wants us to do. Uh, musicians, if you would come. Amen. One, uh, a great example, uh, talking about Paul, um, of somebody being out of place was when uh, Paul or, or Saul, uh, first name Saul, uh, he was going around persecuting the church and he was, you know, coming against it and attacking it and killing members and orchestrating them to be arrested and all these things. Uh he thought he was doing the Lord's work. He thought this is where I this is where I am in the kingdom of God. This is my place. This is my role. Uh, but to come to find out that he was in the wrong place, he was out of place uh, because when he met the Lord on uh, in Acts chapter nine on the road to Damascus, uh, Jesus said, "It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks," meaning. Uh, Paul or Saul had been feeling that nudging, that kicking, that kicking that prick. Uh, uh, he's been feeling that pain or that uh, uh, that conviction uh, uh, through what he's been doing, and, and that that was God's way of trying to get his attention. Say, hey, you're not in the right place, man. You're out of order. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, and so I may send some pain in your life or discomfort or something to get your attention. And it finally took. Uh, the revelation on the road to Damascus <coughs> for him to realize uh, his place in the kingdom. <coughs> I mean, he was blinded for a few days, and that he went, he went, uh, and had to be taught. Uh, he had to be discipled <coughs> to get his mind right and saying. Uh, this is what God's calling you, the place where God is calling you to be. He thought he was the main, <clears throat> he thought he was the enforcer for the church. Uh, but turns out that God is calling him to be the apostle, the builder of the church, or, or help to build and start churches. And so uh, you can see how one, one person who was out of place, uh, once they, they're submitted, boom, God puts them in the right place. Uh, revival happens, churches are started all throughout the world <coughs> because Paul, Saul became uh, into the right place 
Man, if you stand with me today. Paul tells the Romans, Romans 12 and 10, be kindly affectioned one another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. You see, if, if we're always trying to prefer everyone else, we'll always be in the right place, right? We're all, that's how you endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit, prefer one another. It's not, not about me, it's about you. If, it's all, if we always think like that, it's about you and your needs and how can I help you, how can I bless you, uh, God will take care of my needs because hopefully if I'm focusing on you and your needs, uh, God's going to send another member to come to me and to, to focus on my needs. Uh, and so kindly affection to one another, brotherly love, honoring, mid-honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. That goes for those members in the church and those outside of the church. Hopefully uh, the members of the church don't persecute you. Um, but it, it can happen. Bless them and curse them not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Why? Because we're all the same body. Be of the same mind one to another. Mind not the high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Somebody does evil to you, does something bad to you, you don't do it back. Paul says here, it's command, don't do those things. Uh, provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as it lieth in you, live, with, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. When somebody does evil to you, uh, just give, give, give some space. Uh, give place to wrath. Let God fill that place. Take care of that. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, and so uh, this is how Paul is teaching the church to be towards one another. Uh, and it should be self-explanatory. Uh, we shouldn't have to teach on this. But again, uh, we're, still, we're still human at the end of the day. And things can still happen. People can get selfish and get out of shape, get bent out of shape and, and out of whack. Uh, and so there are 58 uh, commandments in the New Testament um, that you cannot obey unless you are in fellowship with one another, uh, uh, serve one another, accept one another, forgive one another, greet one another, bear one another's burdens, be devoted to one another, honor one another, teach one another, submit to one another, encourage one another, and so on and so forth. Notice it's all talking about somebody else. Prefer them, submit to them, help them, pray for them. Never it is about, uh, about us because uh, 
God will make sure our needs are met if we're caring to uh, the body of Christ. Aren't you thankful to be a part of the, the church that God is building? I'm going to make sure I'm doing my part and helping my role, the role that I can do, amen, and that is to help one another. Amen. Let's close as we worship tonight. Let's sing and thank God for his greatness and goodness that we are here tonight. And we are part of this body. Help us, Lord, to get along, prefer one another, to pray for one another, encourage, serve one another. It's not about me. It's how I can bless my brother or my sister. We thank you, Jesus, for your Thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for calling us, Lord, to this place. God, help us to be of one mind and one accord. Lord, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit with one another. Amen. And preferring one another, serving one another, be a blessing to one another. Amen. And we know that you're going to do great things in us and through us. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen. Encourage and greet one another as we're dismissed.